And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbrough. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with a big hawk. It's the big hawk. What's up, everybody? Guys, we have had some major technical difficulties with Instagram the past couple weeks, so... For those of you live streaming us right now, there's only one place to do it. That is Sleep Hawk Worldwide. We're not streaming in the Big Hawk, which is going to drastically reduce uh, our audience, but probably improve the quality of life for our audience. I can't see what the hell anybody's comments are. I'm going to rely on Big Hawk if you got anything. And uh, yeah, so always still feel free to chime in, ask us what you want to know, because we don't really have a ton. But we were brainstorming here, and it was a hell of a session because we started slow, uh, we came in strong, and it turns out that I think there's uh, some pretty wild stuff to talk about that is only loosely sports-related, Big Hawk. Yeah, we got a great episode. You know, we're going to provide you guys with, you know, hit us up if you guys want us to talk about a subject. Uh, We'll go off that as well. But we do have a few topics uh, that we want to cover. Personally, you know, we talk about golf a lot. Um, I had the courage to step up our club championship was this past week. I said, you know what? I'm going to join it. And uh, we'll talk about that. And we got some other things. Yeah, we got to uh, tease that one. Yeah. God, so that's going to be good. We'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, yeah. Yeah, we got a whole slew of stuff that first we were trying to think, like, what the hell is going on in sports? And the answer is, ain't a lot. It's NBA, what, Summer League. Then there's uh, preseason football, which is about as important as the uh, Pro Bowl. And then you got, <laughs> you got like, almost September baseball, which used to be cool about 30 years ago. Uh, you got golf, but it's sort of like this. Nobody really cares golf, and Tiger still isn't playing. But then we really got into the think tank here, and uh, we're going to jump into – there's Dave Portnoy, speaking of golf, Barstool Prez, going to play Kepka. We're going to talk about that. Um, we got a, a couple things on some UNC-related things. Joel Berry retired today. Andrew Playtech came out. He's transferring today. Over the weekend, we landed a massive second highest football recruit we've ever had in history of our program. We're going to win the national championship here. You keep hearing it from me. Talk a little bit about fantasy football. And then Steph Curry's mom. I feel like that's just the craziest thing I've heard in quite a while. But I don't know a whole lot about it. But um, let's start with the UNC stuff. So Joel Berry retiring. What do you think about that? First of all, Joe Barry is a great Tar Heel. Um, I really like the way he improved. Um, I really think he uh, built a, an identity and is one of those four-year players that you could see uh, drastically improve year by year. And eventually, you know, his freshman year, he wasn't that good. But by the end of his senior year, I mean, he's one of the best players in college. Um but listen, Joe Barry played overseas in Turkey. Playing overseas, especially during COVID, uh, is difficult. It's difficult without COVID. And I always tell people, um, you know, playing basketball, I love basketball. I love preparing for basketball. I love the grind. I love practicing. I love everything about it. 
but it not everyone likes to wake up. Uh, there's parts where I don't I don't like to get up at four in the morning, five in the morning, catch a flight. I don't like to travel and stuff like that. Being away from your family on holidays is difficult, especially being uh, overseas. And you add COVID on top of it, the quarantines. Nobody can come and see you. You know, you feel like you're in one of the most beautiful places in the world. Turkey is a beautiful country. It may have some uh, weird political stances that I don't agree with, but you can't you can't knock that. Uh, Europe is a beautiful place, a lot of history, and I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, I'm not going to say a negative thing about Joe Barry because he is one of my favorite Tar Heels, and I got a lot of respect for him. So I want to wish him nothing but um, success as he finds whatever he wants to do outside of basketball. You know, not it's not for everybody, and maybe he just wasn't happy doing it at this point and wants to you know, go on and chase everything else. I uh, initially thought I was wondering, Hey, is this a health issue or anything like that? And I was told, no, this has nothing to do with a health issue or anything. He just, just gave it up. And, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I respect people. Some people don't enjoy doing, um, you know, if you don't enjoy it, why do it? And so he wants to do something else and nothing but the best to him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, maybe, you know, there's a lot to be said for, you You brought up a good point about the overseas COVID thing. My parents have been living in Italy for, you know, almost a year and, you know, they're in Southern Italy. I thought they were going to have a great time and it just was different. I mean, you're away from home, um, you know, things aren't, you know, like they, they, like they normally would be. Even the lure of, you know, probably playing basketball is probably even strained by that. So yeah, I mean, Joe Barry's got to be one of if you're a true Tar Heel fan, he's got to be one of your favorites because they gave us a championship. Well, first of all, they went, lost, went back, won, and like neither one of those teams was really like – I'd say that – and I mean this in like the best way possible. That 17 championship probably has – was the worst of our championship teams. And they had great players, but there was no like, you know, we didn't know we were going to win that, right? Like from the, you know, some of all these other championships, 05, 09, like, you know, we're just like, there's very little doubt that we're going to be in contention. And there was a lot of questions along the way during that season. So it just made it a, a little sweet, especially after you got so close and you know how hard it is to get there. Mm-hmm. You know how hard it is to win. Yep. And you lose the last second shot. And it's just like, damn, like, who knows when you're going to go back. And then we went back next year and won. That was a really cool uh, moment. You know, Joel Berry seems to be really charismatic. I think everybody likes him. He seems like a great representation of the school and the program and all that sort of stuff. And of course, man, that guy, uh, obviously he'll do, he'll do some great things, I'm sure. So best of luck to Joel. Uh, Andrew Playtech moving on. Um, doesn't really, I don't really see how that has much of an impact for next year. We don't really have to spend a ton of time on that. It is newsworthy though. I mean, he was a, I won't say key player, but he was a, uh, you know, you saw he was a lot an of X factor. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he never really consistently gave us what we wanted. Um, and I think Playtech will admit that I don't think that he ever met expectations that he put on himself, but he had moments and he had moments where he really helped the team. And I know he's taken a lot of criticism from a lot of people. Um, so maybe he can get, um, you know, and, and when I say criticism, I mean like, you know, a fans kind of looked at him and 
in moments he had mistakes, they kind of were highlighted because they were close games and he may have made a mistake. Uh, you know, you look at the Duke game uh, where they lost on a last second shot, um, you know, right before COVID kind of shut everything down. You know, you could have blocked somebody out. You could have made an effort or something like that. But, um, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. If personally, if I was play tech, I would try to go to an Ivy League school and at least get that one year, you know, education yeah. and maybe get a degree from a place like that and really set yourself up business wise. But I don't know what his uh, aspirations are. And the last I heard, he was trying to go pro. Um, you know, it's not for everybody. And Sometimes you may think the grass is greener, and when you look at these options, you know you gotta, you know, you just what are you just gonna go pro? And then you realize, like, no, to go pro, that's a different. You just don't go pro. Um, well, in you my tell opinion. me, Andrew Andrew Playtech is going pro. It reminds me of that NCAA commercial that says there are five hundred twelve thousand. NCAA Division One athletes, most of them are going pro. It's something other than sports. I mean, I, you know, fans are hard on him, and you know, maybe you go play pro somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I wish him the best too. Of course, I mean, he's you know, he's a Tar Heel, and I don't think you know, fan like I said, fans are critical. They're always finding the negatives and all that sort of stuff. Especially Tar Heel fans, I mean, we're so passionate about it that all we're ever going to remember with a guy like that is what he didn't do instead of what he did do. Uh, but the fact is, is you know he was he was like a leader and a constant factor on a team that was otherwise like, you know, had very little of that. So you know, I got nothing against the guy, but hmm, I don't know about going pro. Uh, we got a question, Benny. Joel was playing in Turkey, um, but yeah, you're right. In the joke of that commercial, what a joke by the NCAA God, to come out yeah, and get say, out of here. Not everyone that. is going pro, but yeah, hey, let's restrict duh. them in every aspect of their life. Is that they're going to make millions right after lead the NCAA? What a joke you guys are. Um, but you know, um, you guys are finally getting a grip on things and trying to reverse a lot of your stances. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what you guys do. Um, but. Um, yeah, I was. I just had to throw that in there. That, yeah. that commercial was. Oh God, a whole. I always whole, laughed at that one. The whole thing is. I don't really know what's going on with this whole um, alliance between what is it? The ACC, the Big Twelve, Pac Twelve. I don't know who the other. I don't think it's the SEC, but it might have been or Big Ten or something like that. Does the Big Ten even exist anymore? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. I think the tables are starting to turn. It'll be really interesting for me in five, 10 years to see the impact that players getting paid, even, I mean, this is the tip of the iceberg, this name image likeness mm -hmm. thing, like, you know, that's going to show that it's not corrupting sports. Like the old heads have always said it would. And, um, you know, or any worse at least. And so I think what's going to start happening is you're going to see them start chipping away at this. And eventually the NCAA is going to go the way of the ABA. Everybody's going to realize that they don't really bring anything to the table anymore. You got access to everybody, you know, through through whatever mediums they want. And the less, you know, restriction you have on that, the, the five major conferences, in my opinion, should leave and create their own. And by proxy, everyone else would come along because the NCAA wouldn't have anything anymore. Uh, the TV contract would go away, right? Like mm -hmm. all these other schools would then, you know, whatever. That's a, that's a different it, conversation. It, you know, you bring day. up a great point. Um, is the Big 12 going to be around? I saw Texas leave. And what mm -hmm. was the other school? Yeah, left? it was Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma left. The SEC. Now – I'm clearly they're leaving for football reasons and more money, but what is going to happen to the big 12? Uh, who is in the big 12 now? 
Uh, it's kind of weird. Missouri's in the SEC. Missouri's not the Southeast. Like they're not in the South or the East. They're Midwest. Uh, and uh, that's that's like kind of weird. Dame being on the Atlantic coast. Yeah. Of what? Yeah. Earth. And um, yeah, it's just it's just a weird time and like you know how we're classifying the conferences and what schools are in it. But you know, it, it, you're right. I would love to see what the conferences are going to look like in ten years. Are there going to be conferences? What's going to happen? You know, it'd be cool. And I'm just making shit up as I go along. But you know how like uh, Kansas I'm, sucks too. Yeah, I just Kansas have to say, sucks, golly, God I can't. I, I hate to bring them up on the podcast. Um, but if there's any place, you know. With well, the fact checker, she go to she went to Kansas. Oh my she went god, her family State, right? went to Kansas. No, uh, I you, thought they went to Kansas State. You know, last time I was in Kansas, I rolled up my window so I wouldn't get a diploma. Um, <laughs> I stood on a milk crate and saw a, a Rocky Mountains. <laughs> god, Kansas sucks. Come on, fact checker. Um, the uh, the other thing I was thinking is like, look at like major leagues, right? NHL, NBA, NFL. MLB and even these other places. And I don't know shit about soccer, so I probably shouldn't even get into this because I really don't know the structure. How boring is soccer? God bless, dude. What a freaking NyQuil. It ought to be sponsored by NyQuil. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But think about what they have. They have like Series A and all this other shit, right? Like, why doesn't the NCAA or the schools create some sort of modified system where you can earn your way into like this Premier League or whatever? Um, and like, let's say that perennially the top 25, but of course it's gotta be mathematical. And then there's all these issues. I don't know how soccer does it, but all I'm getting at here is you look at, you look at leagues where you have 30 ish teams, right? Mm -hmm. NFL, NBA, pro teams, whatever. And like, that's it, man. Like half of those teams are irrelevant every single season. Now take 10 times that many. And you got 300 and some NCAA teams. Like, why are they in the same league? I, and the conferences is stupid. Like, put everybody together. You got, like, top 25 schools, and let those top 25 people play. Who gives a shit about a conference? I get that conferences, I think, like, historically they're there because back in the day you had to probably take a bus to go play, mm-hmm. you know, somebody, and now it's not like that. So um, why restrain it to a, to a region when very clearly by the sheer makeup of these conferences, region doesn't matter as much anymore. Um, and if you, and if you do care that much, draw a line down the middle of the country and make it East and West, like, like the NFC East and the NFC West or, or, uh, um, AFC NFC is what I meant, right? Like split the league into, mm-hmm. into divisions, but you know, having 42 conferences with all these teams that are just arbitrary and really have no relation is so stupid to me. I don't get it. You know, you bring up a great point. And if you look at the European basketball, you have the top league, which is the Euro League. It's called the Euro Cup or Euro League. There's a Euro League. It's a top league. And to stay in the Euro League, you have to win a certain amount of games. And you have to, like, you just don't stay in the Euro League. You have to maintain a good record to be in the Euro League. Yeah. And then there's a league, the Euro Cup. If you do good in the Euro Cup, then you come up to the Euro League. And vice versa, you do bad, you go down to the Euro uh, Cup. Good, you go to the Euro League. So think about if college did that. Now, it looks like all these all these schools are starting to migrate to conferences to provide them with more money. Right. Think about if they had a 
you know, a league in a cup. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you take the top 20 teams and you make that the college league. And then the mm-hmm. college cup would be the, you know, 20 through 75. And you just yeah. play proximity. Yeah. But then could you imagine, like, okay, you know that you want to schedule Duke twice, right? Yeah. They're probably going to be both teams are going to be in the top league. Sure. But could you imagine, like, Gonzaga coming to oh, UNC? Dude, all the games would be good. Out. Every Kansas. single one. Like, yeah. yeah. It would be... And you could rank your team. Your rankings would come out so much better because you could literally rank something off something as simple as wins, losses, and points, right? Like, because mm-hmm. you're playing blue chip teams, so... You you could your strength of schedule could be determined by the wins in your portfolio, right? So if I beat five teams and all five of those teams are four and one because they lost to me every time, like I've got you know that's a great way to to determine very clearly that I am the number one. It's like I guess in hockey they have like the point system sort of, right? There's there's standings based on anyway. I think that the whole system is ridiculous and. You know, it'll take 40 years to fix it, but it's it's like, yeah, exactly. Why? And even in football, right? Like, why is – and I get like the nostalgia or the, the opportunity that's given to smaller schools when they play a bigger school. Okay, do that in the preseason. Why the hell is, is, is a team like Clemson not playing Alabama and LSU and, you know, whoever, like – Every why are those teams not playing each other because of some conference stuff where like you know Clemson's gonna play Virginia mm-hmm. or Syracuse like who gives a shit yeah right? you know why does why does Alabama bring in Middle Tennessee State like the first couple games and then just beat them seventy two to zero so that win should get them like maybe a point five point right. And then you take like the top teams that they're playing against, and you like a win right there is five points, and you have a point system. That's a great idea. Well, I and, think the win should count, right? Yeah. A win should count, and a loss should count. And I think that when you have to go deeper into like, all right, well, both of these teams have five wins. Who's better? Well, the team that has five wins has beaten teams that collectively have X number of wins. And the team that has five wins have beaten Y, right? So, mm-hmm. and, and then, all right, well, they're still tied. Okay, well, who scored more points? Or whose opponents have scored more? There's very simple metrics. And, of course, the, the whole thing going on here is, like, you're, you're playing a defined league of people that have qualified to be in, like, the top 25, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, I guess it could make it tough for scheduling. And, and of course, in college, you know, you got, all right, like, how do you earn your way into a to a bracket that, you know, last year's team got you into and then three of those guys graduated and went pro and now, you know, you're sitting there and, and you're in the top 25 with a rebuild. I don't know. Yes, yeah. and, but, you know, you look at it, you know, Gonzaga, I'm not sure they get the number one overall seed uh, if they're yeah. playing if they're playing this system. And – you know, then we can stop complaining about what what co- what conference is the WAC? What are they? It is WAC. I don't know if it's it, technically it, well, it's uh, WAC. The WAC. Whatever. It's yeah. WAC. Yeah, but <laughs> but you know, it's a conference. Could you name three schools in the WAC, buddy? I could. San name. Diego State. I don't know. Hell, I don't know. Guys. I don't know. And, uh, Boise State, <laughs> Bluefields. I don't know. I, 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 well, here's my point. Um, we don't believe that they should be the number one overall seed. They haven't won the whole thing. They've gotten damn close. But, I mean, give me a break. 
I feel like we've been here for 20 minutes now brainstorming, and we already deserve jobs in the NCAA to overhaul the place. I mean, that's a low bar, but nonetheless, um, you know, it would be a great way to define a true champion. Another great way to define a true champion is to participate in your club championship, which Big Hawk did over the weekend, and I can't wait to dive into this one. Guys, um, so if you want to build up your nerves and see how your golf game is under pressure, playing a club championship, holy shit. <laughs> uh, I was just sitting on my couch, and it was the last day to sign up for the club championship and didn't have a lot going on, but playing a lot of golf, so I felt good about it. I was like, yeah, I'll join. And I shot, you know, I'm not a great golfer. I, my handicap was at a 9.6, which I'm not Better sure. Better sleep dog. I'm not sure it's that low. And I shot a 91 on the first day. And ouch. <laughs> ouch. <laughs> you have to hole every putt. Like, oh, yeah. You, I mean, yeah, you, there's no gimmies and all that. You go yeah. out of bounds, you're not putting it, uh -uh. just put me down for right, a triple. Right, right. No, 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 buddy. You drop that ball and you put it right back down. And you tournament your, play, baby. Yeah, tournament play. And <laughs> did it, you ever have to call over a rules official? Did you ever do something where they had to, where they had to come tell you, like, no, dude, you can't have 12 club, club links to get back in the tree line? No. Okay. And, uh, you know, I never, I didn't go out of bounds the first day. Wow. And I really struggled off the tee box, but I putted really well and I, I chipped well. And so, uh, usually I'm not a good putter and I'm pretty decent off the tee box, but boy, oh boy, you want to talk about little things that bother you in golf, get paired up with somebody that, that talks too much or oh, Jesus. just takes too long. Like all these little things, when you're really trying to lock in on golf can really throw you off. And, you know, it, it was, um, it was not, it was a bloody nightmare for me because it was about 120, but I went out there, guys, I go out there to compete. Oh like, I didn't gosh, go out I... there to get a participation trophy. And on the last day I was in second to last place. So on the third day and I was playing <laughs> second. So I'm trying to contain the mascot here while we're doing this. And uh, second to last on the last so day. Second to last on the last <laughs> day. And so I'm teeing off at 9.50. I'm up at 7. I'm stretching. And the only thing that's going through my mind is like, I cannot finish fucking it's dead. moving day. I cannot finish <laughs> dead fucking last. Like, listen. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to win the damn thing at this point. Uh, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and I cannot get last because my friends will never let me hear them. <laughs> and so I was stretched. I was the first person in our division to go out. And I got to the course, 8.30, I was there chipping, working on the sand shots, working on all the s shots that I suck at just so I can go out there. And the guy in dead last literally shows up about 10 minutes before the tea time and just starts working on his game a little bit. And he was a great dude. I really enjoyed it, but I think I liked it. I really had fun and I will be back out there, but good God, my game's got to sharpen up. And they basically take your raw score and they still adjust it for handicap, obviously, but didn't, weren't there like, again, ah, what a concept here. Two tiers, right? You had like low handicappers were in a division and then other guys were in another division. No, you had you had the gross and then you had the net. Got it. 
So you have a handicap uh, play, then you have the gross, which doesn't, you know, you don't do handicaps. Which just looks gross for somebody with a handicap when they turn that bad boy in. Yeah, you want to see a nightmare, go out there and play in the gross. And uh, (laughs) yeah, that is a, that would be a challenge. But the guy who won it only had a handicap around 20 something. And uh, we've already looked into sending his, uh, a bunch of sand to his locker. <laughs> but uh, I'm not sure how the club would uh, appreciate that. But, uh, you know, it just shows you. Because uh, that is true, man. Like, at least because I, I worked in country clubs when I was in college, right? And most of the time, like, the club champion is a pretty good golfer, right? Like, I mean, most of the time, the, the club champion is one of the better golfers at the club. Is that correct or incorrect? No, the club champion is you got to be good at golf to be yeah. a club champion. Yeah. Um, sounds like something, uh, might as well just not even put on my bucket list. Uh, <laughs> it's also going to be interesting, this whole thing with Portnoy and Kepka. So we talked some about that and basically Portnoy, I guess is left-handed like sleep dog, um, playing Brooks Kepka in a round, which I think is just going to be great to begin with. I don't know. What are they, are they, is this going to be on TV? Uh, I think he's going to live stream it. Got it. It is for sure, but it might be on some network. Guy's brilliant, man. And he's playing, but Kepka has got to play left-handed. And dude, I don't know, man. Like the thing about it is, is like once I got to the green, I feel like I'd be just as good right-handed as I am left-handed, which again ain't very good. But uh, getting there would be be something else. But those guys that play golf, man, they're like freak athletes, dude. Um, but but as a left-hander, most of the time, it is probably the one sport I've ever heard of where more people that are left-handed play it right-handed. So you don't hear of anybody that's like. I was right-handed and I played golf left-handed. So this is like a true handicap. I'm really interested to see, like, because what would be awful is if Brooks Kepka like throws out his neck or something trying to swing left-handed. Because dude, it's a totally different. And I don't know, man. This this could go wrong. So uh, I think it was um, JT Justin Thomas and uh, Ricky Fowler played left-handed and shot in the '90s. Okay, in well. the Bahamas <laughs> and. That to me, I'm just like same thing. I do. I'm amazed. I'm like, damn how how good are these guys? That's unbelievable. It is. It re- it really is unbelievable. I have figured out though this one shot where I turn when I get stuck against a place that only a right hander could hit. I can turn my iron over and like just you know, um, it works about ninety percent of the time. It works zero percent of the time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that's just going to be really interesting. I kind of like what they're doing with all. This. See, they're innovating like PGA like innovating or at least allowing these guys to do their own thing right and mm-hmm. it's the stuff is just interesting like the all these sub storylines it's kind of sometimes it's kind of like a soap opera with some of this shit but like you know this stuff's interesting they're adapting to sort of modern times in ways that you know the nba does it the nfl does it uh baseball doesn't the ncaa doesn't does not those last two uh just to be clear so i don't know man i'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out i don't really uh brooks and Portnoy are kind of like relish being assholes. So I think it's going to be great uh, for TV. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I but. can't wait. Uh, yeah, I think I think Portnoy's got to get in his head in some capacity. And uh, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I'll be following along. It's going to be going to be fun to watch. What about uh, what we got here? Are you playing fantasy football? I don't know yet. What do you think about this? I mean, there's some tense moments in fantasy football. It's kind of died off on me, especially now that you got the DraftKings, 
I'm definitely guys. SHWW, we're gonna be gambling all you can. Oh Lord, of mercy. join our join God our group. Bless. Let's go. We don't know a damn thing. Uh, Sheed the Prez will be in it. Speaking, of, I haven't seen Free him. Money. I haven't seen him on here in a while. He used to be our most loyal listener, but uh, yeah, we'll have him on there. We'll have his. Him giving his his ludicrous picks, and uh, we'll take his money too. Yeah, yeah. Remember, remember. There is one rule about you got br betting, and you got like uh, whatever this other stuff is about shww sportsbook. There is one rule: bet against whatever we say, right? And I mean, hell, you take that shit to the thing. You have to try to be as bad as we do, as we are, because pretty much everything we say. Um, pick the opposite doesn't happen. Fantasy football, you're right, man. It's like it's a stress test on some friendships, man. Everybody's got COVID. Everybody's been cooped up in the house for you know two seasons now, dude. Letting fans back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I really enjoy much anymore about fantasy football is picking my name, the the team name. I'm great. I'm in the Hall of Fame when it comes to fantasy names. Uh, very clever with the uh puns the alliterations of actually using guy's name in a funny way into my team but like i don't know man i guess i'm getting to that age like i like football i watch football but dude i got to the point where i couldn't even i go to the bar and root for everybody and root (laughs) against everybody i mean my own team is like on the three yard line you know about to win a big game and i'm like well we could do without it right because my defense is playing so it's just like it's kind of dumb i've whittled it down i've got one league i was in one league for like 15 years they got in a pissing contest because i didn't start a defensive lineman because my team looked like saving private ryan's crew dude i had nobody left and i'm trying to just keep some guys to play next week and they were first of all yes you heard me right we had a defensive lineman second of all it was the only place where i was like well if i gotta sit somebody out like they ain't playing, might as well pick this one because on an average day he scores like one and a half points. <laughs> and our scoring system was like, you know, you score 200 points in a week. And everybody was bitching and moaning because I sat a defensive lineman. Um, and I was just like, I, this is when I knew. You know, I, I was over. Um, so now I'm in one that's pretty casual. Some guys I went to grad school with, all, all Tar Heels, so that makes it good, um, half of which don't know their, their ass from applesauce. <laughs> And so, I, but but again, last year, I mean, I'm just killing them, everybody. My team is insane in this league, and you come in second. And it's because I can't even remember who I had that got hurt. I think my, I think it was a two-quarterback league, and I could be wrong about this, but I think I had Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to play that league. If it weren't for them, you know, I wouldn't do it. I'm just, I'm just over it. You know, the... The crazy thing about fantasy is you do all this preparation. You start studying. Mm-hmm. Okay, who's gonna who's gonna be your like you know unknown guy that you're gonna pick and is really gonna have a great year? And you do all this research. Draft day comes. You have your red flags. You have your guys who you really value. Yeah, red flag players. <laughs> I oh Del Beckham. Yeah, he was he red flag. I don't know. Smoking weed in the parking I, lot, and he's gone off your roster for six months. I've I've red flagged some of the best players in fantasy, and for what unknown reason, I just didn't like them, and I yeah. just red flagged their ass. Under no circumstance do you get this guy. And I'd have a list every year, and I'd come with my notebook, magazines, and what I've realized, the years I had the best finish is when I did no preparation. I'd just show up. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'll, fuck, yep. I'll fucking take this guy. Come yeah. on. And then I end up winning the damn thing. 
I, I think the other thing for me is if I don't want, like, because when I'm in it, everybody's in it early, right? You're at the bar, you're watching all this shit, mm-hmm. you know, you got Leonard Fournette's about 41 years old and he's plowed ahead for three, <laughs> three one-yard touchdowns and he just scores 80 points and everybody scrambles oh. and, and busts their nut to pick him up off the waiver wire and then next thing you know, he finishes the season with four yards and three touchdowns, you know. Um, you know, everybody's going crazy about it. And, you know, uh, but then some people get out of it, right? They're, they're just very quickly, they're out of it. And um, I've just found that if I can just table my watching, and I used to do literally sit there with my cell phone plugged into the wall at Woody's in Raleigh and watch my, like literally stare at the screen and stare at the 40. Somebody would start cheering and I'd be like, who, what the fuck just happened, right? <laughs> it's like, it's stressful. Mm-hmm. It's an overload, man. Like you just got to be able to, like it takes away from, it's a, it's like gambling, man. Cause when you're hot, you're hot. When you're, when your team's rolling, when you got uh, your field goal kickers is banging 50 yarders, like dude, you're in it, right? But you know, you got to, uh, yeah, D lineman knocks the ball out of dude's hand. It pops up and hits him right in the chest, and he falls in the end zone. You're like, holy shit, man! This is really when it rains it pours. But <laughs> then when you got like, uh, I don't know who was the running like, yeah, like Nick Chubb. Dude's got 40 yards and five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and you're just ready to. The yeah, most the most frustrating part is like. You know, your team's down by 12, and Drew Brees, Drew Brees is playing the late-night game. Yeah. Just need 12 points. Yeah. He gets a little injured. Has the worst game quarter. of his career. And yeah. then just all of a sudden, yeah, he just, like, throws just awful. It just looks like Delhome out there. And you're like, <laughs> what the f- I, I thought I had this. And you talk yeah. a little shit on your group tax. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he just comes out. He can't – this guy couldn't hit a – he couldn't hit a fucking barn if he tried. Uh-huh. From the, yeah, couldn't hit water if he's standing on the beach. They well, the one thing I'll say though, because this did happen one time, and I just got a text from my my buddy Brian, who one time me and Brian and we had the most like tense rivalry because we just I mean we're best friends, but God if we didn't I mean the one person we did want to lose to is each other right, and so one time we're in the same we've been in the same league for for fifteen years I think almost, and. I was talking shit about that uh, that um, defensive lineman spot, and I think I was down by like twelve or thirteen, and I had Carlos Dunlap playing week sixteen because seven, you know, some leagues end in week seventeen, and that's just that's wrong, right? I had Carlos Dunlap who played for the Bengals playing on Monday night week sixteen, and they were in a game that mattered. And dude, I'm telling you, man, a defensive lineman. Gets things for like tackles, but but you really want like a D end. That's one thing, but a defensive tackle. This was literally a defensive tackle spot that we had on our roster. They get like they don't get sacks. All they do is like stop the run, right? So mm-hmm. in a great game, they get like five or six points unless something happens, you know, or whatever, dude. Maybe Dunlap was a D end. I don't remember, <laughs> but that motherfucker went off. He had like three sacks. Like, I guarantee you, if you Google Carlos Dunlap best game of career, it was this night. And I think he had 13 points and won me my second. Uh, I got five on at Fantasy Football Championship. So, and we at the time, it was the first year that we had like one of those wrestling belts, one of those wrestling belts (laughs) as a championship trophy. So it gave the league uh, no joy whatsoever to mail that some bitch to Sleep Dog's house. But, 
That was it, man. I should have hung him up then and held on too long, like all the great ones usually do. Hey, you know, if you're in a league that's playing defensive linemen, like, come on. Like, why? Why? Why not just play? Defensive tackles, too, man. Why not just play defense? God. Well, so here was one of the cool pieces of it, right? So, like, and this is the shit Brian I was just talking about was the savviest about, is remember a couple years where they would run J.J. Watt in, like, an offensive set? So he was smart enough. Now, oftentimes, he would jump on it too quick, but he was smart enough to pick a guy like J.J. Watt because you know you're going to get insane defensive numbers in a couple games. You're also going to get a touchdown from that guy. <laughs> and you know, and the other big thing was when you play cornerbacks, now it's a lot different now with the touchback rules, but sometimes cornerbacks used to return kickoffs. Punts are one thing. There's still a few guys that do that. But defensive backs sometimes would – and there was one – it might have been McCourty or somebody like that with the with uh, um, uh, the Patriots. But but it made them immensely more valuable, mm-hmm. right? Somebody that you could play at a position that ordinarily is going to score, you know, six, eight, ten points maybe. But because they have basically, you know, the opportunity to double that every game makes you sort of kind of unstoppable at that position. It's interesting for things like linebackers because – but then, like – the thing I hate about defensive players is like the best corner in the league is one of the perennially one of the worst defensive backs to play because they don't ever throw in his direction. Like I remember I used to get D'Angelo Hall all the time because I was a, a Washington football team fan. And why did I get D'Angelo Hall? Because D'Angelo Hall used to get burned like every play and he'd get the tackle, right? Like at least mm-hmm. half of a tackle. So he sucked, but because he sucked, he was a good fantasy option. But anyway, it's just yeah, it's too much shit to think about and it just winds up being lucky, right? Mm-hmm. So as most fantasy shit, shit, shit does. Yeah. So anyway, man, I got one league. I'm going to win it because let's just face it. I'm the best. I just piss excellence, as uh, Ricky Bobby said. But yeah, I, the, the the daily stuff is, is really, it's easier, right? It's like if I'm in the mood, I can jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not, I don't have, and the salary thing is all the difference to me. I don't understand why more people aren't on a salary train. Have an auction draft. I'm interested. Uh, have one of these snake drafts, which is what my league is going to have. It's just bullshit. It's all luck, you know? So what we got in there? We got anybody anybody uh, going against me here? No. Uh, Pablo on here. Professor Pablo. Shout out to our producer, executive producer, executive editor. Uh, I don't even know what... what what you re- would really call somebody that does what Pablo does. It makes this turn from probably sounding like shit to sounding like we know what we're doing. We don't, but that's why we have Pablo on our team. Pablo just got a job as a music professor at UNC. <laughs> I mean, that's big league, dude. Uh, I would love to, we should be able to teach a class. I told him, I was like, dude, if you can get me in, like, I'm not talking music. I'm probably not, but I mean, dude, I would love to be a professor. That would be so sick. Yeah, Pablo's doing big things. I mean, he is on the, uh, you know, music-wise, he's making a huge impact. And I'm glad that he's teaching the youngins because uh, they could definitely learn a lot from him. And, uh, yeah, I've known Pablo since college. And uh, to see him kind of keep keep doing what he loves and then now teaching it to the youngins, it's, uh, it's a good thing to see. Um, yeah. Yeah, one thing not a good thing to see is, uh, you know, and we're going to end on this and we're not going to harp on it, but my man, um, 
Steph Curry's mom, dude. She is so – I didn't really l- read a whole lot about it, but it's just – and the only thing I'm going to say about it, right, wrong, otherwise, I don't know. I ain't getting into the details. But what's interesting is this is just – this is what the internet was made for. Mm-hmm. I mean, because everybody knows, like, Steph Curry's mom is very attractive, and that has been known for a long time. Every Cheers. time they're in the finals, they're, like, zooming in on the cameras and Twitter and Instagram and all this stuff. The comments, that's what I'm here for is – as, as, as fucked up as this is to say, like, these situations is just live for what people will say in the comments. And the mm-hmm. memes that are coming, you know, remember when Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith or whatever her name is had, uh, what they call it? It wasn't an altercation. It was a uh, entanglement, right? And then all of a sudden, all the memes everywhere was Will Smith with his head cocked sideways, <laughs> like right now with Kevin Durant laying in the hospital bed. I mean, dude, these are like, Oh, what dreams are made of. So sorry to, to the, you know, the people involved because it's not funny. But, I mean, you know the internet is going to win. Steph Curry's mom's attractive. And I know Steph. I mean, don't know him well. But, you know, I mean, I'm not knocking him. But, you know, I hate to see his family go through this. But, yeah, I hope they get it resolved. And I hope it, you know, it's sometimes it's more stressful on the people that are close to the family than actually. Well, that's not really right to say. Um, I'm, I hate to see it. But yeah, it is. It sucks, man. Good night. She's attractive. She is. Uh, she looks a like good, a sister. I mean, I, I mean, you would never guess that Steph's mom. She looks. She looks so young. I uh, was getting ready to say uh, her mom age. Let's see here. Fifty five. Wow. All right. She is something. Um, you know what else though? Before, before I said we we're getting out of here on that one, but. Dude, what are your thoughts on the crate challenge? Have you been watching that? Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. Why in the hell? Like, this is up there with the 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 tide pod. Oh, yeah, man. Like, it's like, top. I mean, like, guys, what in the hell? Oh, jeez. Dude, and I'm I dude, I can't handle like pain. Like, you know, those 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 videos that sometimes are on like a loop at a bar where some dude's crashing his BMX bike at the skate park or some shit. Like, I'm not good with that stuff. But one of the best follows, if you haven't, is uh, Snoop Dogg with this whole thing. He's just like counting these, all these, uh, you know, po- it, dude, to me, it is it is so funny. Like, before anybody even says, there is not a chance in hell that I would ever do that shit. Ever. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I'd break every bone in my body. Second of all, I probably weigh too much to crush the. Um, but the the most messed up ones are the couple where somebody's like all the way up there, and then somebody kicks. I would I would I, I would love to see Cam do that. Oh, I, I can guarantee you, Cam's like on some like private TikTok account. Oh yeah, climbing on crates like some weird place, but. Uh, we don't have time to get to him today. Yeah, man. Sorry, buddy. Sorry we left you hanging, but, uh, you know, you guys stay safe out there. Stay safe.